Hello and welcome to MaryCast. This is Dr. Mark Miravalli, Professor of Theology and Mariology at the Franciscan University of Steubenville. I'm really overjoyed to be able to talk to you about the Mother of Jesus. We've been talking about questions of balance. Uh, too much Mary, too much devotion to her, or putting her on a level of equality with Jesus. Never something the Catholic Church wants. Never something the saints and mystics did. Never something the popes ever uh, sought. On the other hand, too little Mary, do you hesitate to call Mary mother? Is Mary at best a sister to you? Where do we get the balance? How do we make the differentiation between excess and defect? Well, as we've been talking about, we have to go to the sources of revelation. Where does God reveal his truth to us? And Catholics believe that this is in scripture, in tradition, which actually predates scripture, and in the magisterium, which was instituted by Jesus, the authority of the Pope and bishops in union with the Pope that guide the church in truth. Henry Ford had enough wisdom to say, when I die, I need to get a board of directors uh, lined up, otherwise Ford Company's going to go. I think Jesus has a little bit more insight even than a Henry Ford. I want this thing to continue. I have to have a board of directors. And because they're humans and fallen humans, I have to promise my Holy Spirit to protect them. Otherwise, my church will be in shambles. The truth cannot be protected. So it's not because Catholics believe that the Pope is supernatural in his person, but precisely because Catholic believes, Catholics believe that the Pope is human and fallen human and fallen naturally human, that Jesus had to ensure the Holy Spirit's guidance over Peter and his successor to protect the truth and the way that Jesus wants the truth carried out until he comes again in glory. So, Scripture, the written Word of God, inspired by the Spirit. Tradition, that which calls us forth in terms of an oral truth of Jesus passed down under the Spirit, which gives us yet more truth and, and the reality of who Jesus is. And also the magisterium, the authority which protects the Word of God written and oral. You know, my friends, it's, it's rather interesting that John, who's the last Gospel writer, he ends his Gospel on, on John 21, verses 24 and 25, he ends it by saying, there were, of course, many other things that Jesus did, but if it was to be recorded, the world itself could not hold the books that would be recorded in trying to get everything that our Lord said. Well, this is almost a common sense type of statement, but it's significant in that John ends the last gospel open-ended, in the sense of saying, of course, in my 30 pages, and in Mark's 30 pages, and in Matthew's 30 pages, and in Luke's 30 pages, essentially, we didn't get everything that Jesus did. That's why we have tradition. And that's why we have the magisterium to protect scripture and tradition to have the truth. And now, let's bring all of that, all of that, to the issue of Mary. How do we know the truth about Mary? And I want to pose this in a very common, uh, commonly posed question that Catholics will hear. The question is, how can a Catholic believe something about Mary that is, quote, not in the Bible? Now, we've got to analyze that, and we've got to distinguish that to be real accurate. What do we mean by that? Uh, let, let's use a case in point. The question, how can Catholics believe that Mary was immaculately conceived, 
when that truth is not explicitly in the Bible. That's really what's being asked here. How can a Catholic believe something that doesn't have an explicit statement in the Bible? And the answer is threefold, my friends. Number one, as we've been talking about, Scripture is not the only source of revelation. And, and for my brothers and sisters who are Christian but not Catholic, I would peacefully and in dialogue, I, I would underscore for you the fact that to say that Scripture is the only source of revelation is a non-scriptural position. It's nowhere in Scripture. Uh, nowhere does Paul or any of the Gospel writers or Jesus say, Scripture alone is the only source of revelation. As I just mentioned, in fact, John points to the reality of other things that Jesus did, other truths that Jesus revealed that are not contained in Scripture. So to hold that Scripture alone is the only source of revelation is, ironically, it's an unscriptural position. Rather, it's Scripture, tradition, as entrusted by the magisterium. So with the Immaculate Conception, is it explicitly in Scripture? No. Is it implicitly in Scripture? Oh, yes, and profoundly so. And we will talk about that when we get to the dogma of the Immaculate Conception. But when we see in Genesis 3.15, in Luke 1.28, the fullness of grace, the woman in the Old Testament that has a complete opposition from Satan, the same opposition, the, the very same opposition that her seed, Jesus Christ, has against sin. A total radical opposition against sin. Genesis 3.15, Luke 1.28, and the fact of her assumption because she's immaculately conceived. Revelation 11.19, Revelation 12.1, indeed, we will see a clear implicit presence of Mary in Scripture, which tradition brings forward. Uh, even in the 2nd and 3rd century, Mary was called the stainless one by the early Christians. She was described by, the, by some of the Greek fathers as altogether without sin by the 2nd and 3rd centuries. Other fathers said she's just like Eve before the fall of Eve. Well, of course, everyone grants that before Eve fell, she was without sin, right? Otherwise, God didn't create her in sin. So, every Marian truth that is held by the Catholic Church has at least an implicit presence in Scripture. But Scripture is not the only source of revelation. So, why can a Catholic believe in the Immaculate Conception? or in the Assumption, or in perpetual virginity, because number one, Scripture is not the only source of revelation. It's Scripture and tradition. Number two, because every truth about Mary is at least implicitly contained in Scripture. And I want to give you an example that Cardinal Newman uses, a, a great um, English writer and, and, and churchman. He says, every truth of Jesus is present in seed form in Scripture. But over the years, over the centuries, the prayers of the faithful, the, the blood of the martyrs, uh, the wisdom of the mystics, those seeds gradually grow in our awareness into becoming eventually great oak trees of what we call dogma, of doctrine in, in, in its perfection. And the church needs time to understand that, to draw the full beauty of what Jesus planted as seeds in Scripture. That's how tradition develops and that's how doctrines develop into dogmas. You know, I like to use the example of a woman who is a newlywed and by the grace of God they get pregnant on their first night of, 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 uh, of their wedding. Uh, well, for the first month she doesn't know she's with child, but we know that life begins at conception. Two or three months later the husband will find out and rejoice, but still there will be nothing visible. 
four or five months later, because uh, it's the first child, only then will the rest of the world get any indication that she's showing, and ultimately it's nine months before the, 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 the epiphany, the manifestation of the kid happens in birth. But it's still a child from the beginning. My friends, a lot of scripture is the same way. There's passages of scripture that are pregnant with meaning, but it takes time to understand them. The first time we read them, we don't get it. Just like the first time we see that pregnant woman, we don't know she's pregnant, even though that, that child is there from the moment of conception. So time and peace bring these Marian truths to full understanding under the church, but under the guidance of the same Holy Spirit that first revealed these truths. So, scripture and tradition, not just scripture alone. Secondly, every truth about Mary is implicit in scripture and grows under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And thirdly, to be fair, we have to also realize that many of the things that all Christians, all true Christians, believe about Jesus are not explicitly formulated in sacred scripture, in the Bible. For example, look at your biblical concordance, you'll never once find the word Trinity. In no place in scripture does it explicitly, formulatedly say you have three persons in one God. And of course, we have to accept that as Christians. Also, what we believe about Jesus, that he's one divine person with a fully human nature and a fully divine nature, what we call the hypostatic union, that also is not explicitly formulated in Scripture. So, it's not true to hold Marian truth to a higher level of awareness and revelation than, than what we believe about the truth about Jesus or the truth about the Trinity. The truth about Mary is guided by the Spirit in the bosom of the Church. That's our peace, that's our joy, and that's what we're going to be talking about throughout these programs in Mary, in Mary Cast. The full truth based on full love about Mary. God bless you.